0: Snap production.
1: Yeah, there have been moments where I'm like, I've done enough of music. Maybe now's the time. And, you know, and then I write something and then I'm like, no, it's not. It's not. <laughs> I'm not done. Hi, I'm Jess
0: Rowe, and this is the Jess Rowe Big Talk Show, a podcast that skips the small talk and goes big and deep. From love to loss and everything in between, I want to show you a different side of people who seem to have it all together in these raw and honest conversations about the things that matter. I don't know about you, but in this time of social isolation, I really crave connected conversations. So I'm going to dig deep to give you a new window into the souls of the people we're curious to get to know and understand. There might be tears as well as laughter as we celebrate the real life flaws and vulnerabilities that make us human. Jess Mowboy is a multi-ARIA award-winning singer and songwriter. She's also an actor and a coach on The Voice. Now, she first won our hearts when she burst onto our TV screens on Australian Idol. I've wanted to get Jess on the show for a long time, so we finally managed to get together via Zoom. What it means is that the sound quality is a bit iffy, but I tell you what, the conversation is sparkling and sensational, just like Jess. She has an incredible sense of joy that she brings to whatever stage she's on. And I want to chat to Jess about her confidence. Is she always so confident? And also about her new music and her latest tour, aptly named Boss Lady. Jess Mowboy, oh my goodness, I'm speaking with you. I am a massive fan. I mean, also, and we're both Jesses, so I mean, Jesses, we're yeah. cool, aren't we?
1: Thank you. So we're, Jesses are always cool. <laughs> I'm just saying.
0: I'm just saying. I need you to say that to my daughter because she thinks I'm exceedingly uncool, but (laughs) we loved watching you so much on The Voice. How different did you find it being a mentor opposed to actually being the person, being judged up there performing?
1: Being a mentor to an actual judge, I think is totally different. Being a mentor, I feel like you're a listener, and you know you're being guided by the artist more so because you want them to show whatever level they're at in music, so that perhaps can give everything that you can give as advice to to the artist. Uh, I think judging is a hard one, and I don't like to to go that often because every artist or every musician or anyone that's in music is entitled to to be who they who they really are, to say what they want to say, feel what they're feeling, and that come from them. It felt easy, but at sometimes times um, difficult and putting every vulnerability out there and uh, you just don't know how the artist is going to take it. And in fact, I, yeah, I felt like a a nurturing kind of person throughout the whole show and I loved that bit I loved being able to just sit there and listen and, and understand what this has never done before to what they have done before and how can we collaborate to and make it feel really solid for you and so you can go out there and you can give all that you can without feeling like you have to step back or feeling like you have to hide back in that shell or you know what's gonna make you strong in that moment or grounding so that you're you feel solid and you feel powerful that you can you know sing those lyrics and sing it all the way up there and, and not be afraid to you know to hit that note.
0: That sense that nurturing way about you I think came through so well and I wonder oh, as well if that you. was because I mean you were judged as a 17 year old on Australian <laughs> Idol so you know yeah. exactly what that feeling's like. This
1: is Australian Idol it's the grand finale for 2006 thank you so much for watching we are live from the most famous theatre stage in the world the concert hall at the Sydney Opera House what do you say we welcome to this stage an incredible young woman all the way from Darwin in the Northern Territory, ladies and gentlemen, Jessica Mowboy.
0: Because what is that
1: like to be in the spotlight in that way? I'd never really been in that environment before, so I think I just had to, you know, just embrace and listen. And for me, I felt, because it was very quiet as well as a young teenager, that really allowed me to listen and just review and and you know have a 360 of what is going on let's take all of this in and and then be able to put that to the the song that I'm learning with the you know the coach and the mentor at the time and you just have to release all that kind of hype and anxiety and and vibration you know what's happening in the room into that song and I always brought it back to, well, I know I'm really good at singing and if I just bring the singing and top it every time I get up there, um, well, then I think I'm going to be okay.
0: (laughs) When did you know that you were really good at singing?
1: I knew at a really young age, but because I was just, I wasn't so sure about it. I mean, my mum was aware of it when I was at least four and she would always kind of turn the music on and, you know, I would parrot you know, whatever the music was. I would um call and answer. But when I was 11, one of my first uh <laughs> country competitions, I remember singing in front of like older competitors. And I remember just feeling, oh, well, I'm getting this opportunity. Mum's just you know has driven me all the way here, along with her sisters and and they've entered me into this competition i, I don't you know the song doesn't fit but i'm going to do it i'm going to try it anyway and- I remember walking away with two trophies that day and five dollars in my pocket, and I, I I knew from then not because of the trophies and, and the money, but um, the applaud from the audience. And an older lady had she had come in, you know, she <laughs> had turned to my mum and she said, "Oh, your girl, she can really," and, uh, and then she bent down to me and she shook, she grabbed my hand and shook my hand. And yeah, and said, "Don't stop singing." And yeah, there was this kind of human connection and this sense of of like, that, you know, things have been done good. Over and yeah, that was kind of the moment where I just felt fell in love, I guess, and. I knew the feelings that it gave people. I just knew in my gut that I was going to be doing more of this. And at the same time, you know, there was a big fear, but there was an urge. There was like a burning fire kind of urge. I was like, no, I want to do more. And it's like, I couldn't really contain it, but the energy. Yeah, I felt like, you know, it was just... Humbled, I think, really grounded by having felt all those feelings. When I feel like every time I got on stage, I opened up another door, and that gave me extra kind of anxiety, and but also this kind of really revved my kind of blood and and this kind of heat in my body to to want it more. Um, so yeah, I was just trying to counterbalance. I think it was just always balancing this energy and. So that it wouldn't exhaust me, but it also kind of gave me power to practice more. I think it was more in the practice that I'm developed in the actual physical performance or when I would have the opportunity to, to sing in front of a crowd again. And I'll tell you what, you've opened up that big sparkly door
0: with your <laughs> song, Glow!
1: <laughs> Glow! <laughs> Yes, this is a whole, you know what you just you really kind of to the vision. It, it is a sparkly door and it's like it's one that I'm really super, super proud of. And I think anyone with a business or anyone practicing what they preach and having to kind of go out there constantly and 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 share stories or share your performance, your melodies, yeah, your feels this is this is kind of the ultimate song I really feel in the past of my writing ability it was always kind of really sacred and i would just be one room and it would be myself and and then I would allow the producer in and then I would share that story I feel like this time around I've just kind of gone you know what <laughs> I'm gonna release this energy let's you know whoever wants to work let's work and collaborate and we'll do it in the same room and, you know, if we can or, you know, we'll talk about it on Zoom and when we do get the opportunity, we'll work together when you're in town or when I'm in your hood or, yeah, it's it's been very, just such a really beautiful unfolding in how I've been able to write music this time around and who I'm writing with is has been like a really important part uh, in, in bringing life. Yeah,
0: And it's full of confidence. I think it it really speaks to where you're at now.
1: Anyone who's in that position where they've given everything to their one job, you know, have just continuously just given, given and given to particularly in music for me from the age of 11 to now 32, I've literally been in the space of music this whole time and my, I, I guess my personal life has always <laughs> kind of slightly been left behind, but I don't know if the word is lucky, but I feel so, you know, blessed coming out. But then I also, you know, this kind of energy and relationship that I have with my family and my partner, I feel like I wouldn't be able to do it without them. And I haven't been able to do it without them. So for them to give me so much love and patience, like has allowed me to do what I'm doing, missing all like certain events, birthdays, sometimes Easter and Christmases. And for me to do what I'm doing, it like I sometimes I sit there and I'm like, I'm forever like in debt, guys, because you have given me so much time and now it's kind of time to give back and I think the last five years I've been able to like have a more a deeper connection with my family and a physical connection and I feel like everything that's going on as well the last two years I have been slightly separated from my family but there's this urge to kind of want to go and see them and just be around them a lot more but yeah I, I honestly without their help and their love and their patience and support. I just, I, I wouldn't be doing this and I wouldn't be so in love with it.
0: So let's talk about that now. Let's talk first of all about your family. You grew up in Darwin very close family, as you're saying, at the heart of everything you do. Yeah. Tell me about what it was like growing up there. I mean, you wrote there was that beautiful song, The Day Before I Met You, about yeah. Darwin, where you talk about climbing mango trees, swimming in freshwater holes, and the salty ocean.
1: Yeah, um, it felt like just waking up in a dream every day the beach was just there We would head down as a family or you know with my cousins and we had the beach but we also had water holes that's where we would hang when we weren't at school or we had kind of our weekends or picnics it would be hanging out and listening to the running water and then climbing a mango tree to, to go get <laughs> free mangoes so it's a Place where I go fishing. It's a place where I go in the tr- in the ute and we go bush bashing in like potholes or it's where my family gathers and we cook up a storm, um, cooking sautés or mum's um, cooking a mango salad or a goose curry or or yeah. um, fish, fish stew or. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that sounds so good <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's definitely the heart of everything and a bit of everything that i do and i just know that I, I can do what i am because that's generating and it's in my mind
0: and also too i'd imagine your indigenous heritage is so very important as well as a part of that
1: yeah i grew up in 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 such a a very cultural Indigenous community, you know, from Arnhem Land to, you know, Old Peli. It was just so deep and rooted into a lot of these uh, baranga, you know, in all these communities, Alice Spring, Emily, everywhere. So we're constantly so well-connected and just learn, uh, you know, bilingual. So whether it's language or whether it's a season or it's, um, Gatherings, it's always buzzing and it's always there. And, um, I'm super proud of it. Born on Lara land, but also stem from North Queensland from my mum's side, from the Kukunali clan to the Wakaman um, clan. So super proud to obviously generate line from those two communities, but also Larrakea land in Darwin in the Northern Territory is, um, I've kind of adopted this incredible place. Oh, it's sounds so special
0: and sometimes I find cuz I've been to Darwin, I've been to Alice Springs and for me it's the sky and the air and just the yeah. how you feel there. But as a white woman, I often feel like I need to do better or could learn more. What how can I do better or know more do you think?
1: I think it's just kind of being completely like aware One thing that I'm kind of working towards, and I know Isaiah Firebrace is working on this as well, but um, just bringing Indigenous languages into schools and just, I mean, we have so many different dialects, but I'm sure at some point elders can, you know, within communities can talk to, you know, through education and a system to be able to generate language taught um, at, um, you know, schools around Australia. I, I know they do up the Northern Territory they do a bilingual program um, but yeah it's it's still kind of forming and being nurtured and being taken care of by elders. you know it's just such an exciting time I guess right now because messaging and conversations are being had as we speak and yeah it, it's uh, yeah there's there's a lot of changes you know being happening already and movements and, and people talking and, and gathering and listening really. I think that's kind of probably the, the most. And I feel like I, I still have to do that as well. Like I'm, I'm doing all these kind of little practices in my life or wherever I'm going, I, I make sure that I know the people of the land or, you know, the, um, the, the owners of the land or what land I'm ending on um, wherever I may go, whether it's, in the, whether it's in our country or else, it should have a, a natural feel to it rather than having to try and struggle. try but um yeah it's a very exciting time because there's a lot happening and and um we're moving
0: (laughs) we're moving and I think that point you make though Jess about listening I think that's what we I know I need to do more of too but listening is the key to to listen not just to talk but to listen
1: to listen yeah you're absolutely right Jess I agree thank you
0: I mean you've got this amazing smile, this lovely spirit, this confidence and this joy that I think just radiates out of every pore of you. But mm-hmm. but I wonder for you, have there been times when you haven't always felt like that? You've spoken a bit about vulnerability. Yeah. Have you always been as confident as you seem?
1: No. Oh, there's been many, many uh, down moments and moments where I thought, maybe music isn't for me anymore or maybe I'm you know maybe I'm done you know with this side of with music and and particularly i think you know being away from home so much and being away from the people that know me the most and have seen me grow but also just know the very different layers of me and when I'm not bubbly or when I'm as happy or, you know, when I'm in a mood. or <laughs> I think it's, it's that. It's kind of being away from family to be able to, to kind of gift that back to them so that they know I'm okay.
0: Is there a particular time or incident when you can think, yes, that was when I thought that's it for me. I want to walk away from the music. I'm going to do something else.
1: I think for me would probably be Yeah, being away from family. Like there there's been moments where I'm like, I've done enough of music. Maybe now's the time. And you know, and then I write something and then I'm like, no, it's not, it's not, (laughs) I'm not done. I'm not finished yet. I'm I'm meant to keep going. And it's so weird because when I do feel I'm, you know, done with music, like, you know, there would be a song like just recently I wrote a song called What It Means to Love You, feeling this disconnection from even mother and and my family and not kind of dedicating enough to family and 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 to my partner so there's been multiple times where i've just been like okay maybe maybe i'm good maybe i'm good but then it comes and and i write the song and it draws me back in as if i never felt thatness or you know like that never that sadness never existed so it's such a weird For me, it's such very push and pull kind of life experience when it comes to I love doing the most and what I know I'm, what I'm really good at versus feeling a freedom at home and and just, Putting my legs up, or just hanging and having a good gut laugh, and enjoying and embracing moms who like, oh, I, I could totally just give this up and go home. But then it comes back, and it's like it's kind of it's doing this, it's poking me, and it's like, no, you're not done yet. You, you've just written a really good song, and I'm like, no. <laughs> and then you hear the it's, audience; it's so addictive. You yeah, hear and then the applause. You kind of see, that's right. And then it becomes like, well kind of everyone, you know, everyone that hears or listens (laughs) to the song becomes my fan. It's such a weird inception, but, like, music's just not for me. And when I write it, it also is no longer mine then, which is, yeah, such a, um, a, a funny thing to say, but it's also very true in how I look and see and, and singing music is that when I get out there, it's no longer just mine anymore.
0: And when you say it's not yours anymore, is that because then people listen and it provokes emotion and things within them that they then relate their life yeah. experience to?
1: Yeah, well it's, I feel like. Like music is such a healing power for me. And I think when I am going through my most vulnerable, I lean on music to be able to write those feelings down. And I think one kind of written them down, it's like, well, I've acknowledged it and I understand it now and I know what I have to do. And then all of a sudden it becomes a song and it's such a good feeling because it's kind of, it's meant me through this even feeling sad situation and now confident much better. I now navigating in the right direction now. So yeah, it's almost like you kind of when you release that, obviously it takes time to eventually a song, but it's already kind of for me, it's already released like the feeling and and when I was feeling sad is gone, you know. Um but yeah, I feel like if I could do that with myself, imagine all the people out there who listen to that one song. And instantly it might not solve their problems, but at least gives them an idea of possibility and um, a chance. And I think that's what kind of really sprees me back. <laughs> it's like, you know, when I do have those moments of like, no, nah, I'm, I'm done. And then having released that song and then extra released it to the rest of the world, it's like, I'm glad I got to do that. I'm glad I... um was able to share vulnerable feelings and moments that I felt confused. If that happens to me and and you know I'm able to really acknowledge that and get through it, I sometimes sit there and go, well, "What is it doing for somebody else?" It's like, Surely it's like just giving magic. It's giving glow. It's giving sparkle. It is having someone sit in their feelings and have a bit of a cry and have a bit of a sulk or have a bit of a You know, a a throw something around moment.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah. You are magical. The words of your beautiful song glow.
1: I remember like mumbling it. It was like, and they weren't quite lyrics yet. I remember at the time feeling a sense of struggle creatively there's always going to be ups and downs with the things that you love and for me I think creatively for the last five years it was just kind of putting together what is the ultimate me if there is like if there isn't okay so the last five years I've been doing a lot of acknowledging of like looking at the catalog of my world of music and what have I put out there and what have I not put out there and what do i want to say next or how this situation made me feel and it was just kind of compiling all of these experiences and moments in my life and feeling like welcome to my future like this new future of filtered unfiltered but also a sense of like now kind of owning everything that i put out there i know because i have proved that it. it's come from me it's it is me this is what I want to say. And it just seemed so perfect to be able to say something that felt so strong, but also the slightly kind of intimidating, but also be boss and also owning and being unapologetic about owning what you are entitled to. We had this wonderful conversation with, you know, George Maple, who was the incredible artist and writer in the room, um, as well as Cosmos Midnight, but... Uh, This woman-to-woman kind of banter felt like just exhilarating and liberating, and I hadn't done a a lot of work uh, and, and particularly writing with a lot of women. And, yeah, it just felt so kind of natural to kind of dive into this world of being, you know, just womanly and un- unapologetic, which was so nice and was it's very beautiful. different to a lot of the writing experiences. Maybe just let me go, you need to let me go. Let me be the one that I need to be to grow. Let go, lie, don't, forget it, divine, lie, glow let it. <laughs> oh, I know you're good.
0: Yes. Oh, I just adore you. Everything about you just exudes this beautiful joy and energy and confidence. And you're just, you are magical. You're everything that your song is. Mm. So thank you for sharing and sprinkling some of your beautiful magic onto us because. You lift us all up and you make us all feel so much brighter and better, and I, I
1: love you to bits. I think you're amazing. And and my boss lady, Jess, like that's exactly what you do, and, I'm you know, I'm so grateful, uh, you know, to have a woman like you to look up to. Um, so thank you so much. I admire you as well, woman. thank you just for being incredibly spirited and fun and courageous. And, and paving pathways for us so thank you very much oh you're gonna make me cry <laughs> thank you. <That's>, that <laughs> you're like incredible you're an incredible is. woman i thank you so much
0: How phenomenal is Jess Mowboy? I feel pretty excited that I'm also a Jess like her. Perhaps not as cool, but at least she did sing to me. And doesn't she have the most exquisite voice? But what I found most telling was that there are parts of her that at times thought, I want to walk away from music. I just want to sit here with my feet in the water and get away from it. I found that so interesting. So for more beautiful, big conversations like this, search the Jess Rowe Big Talk Show podcast. While you're there, what you need to do is to push the follow button and add me to your favourites. I mean, surely I'm there already, but if I'm not there, add me to your favourites and then you will never, ever miss out on an episode. The Jess Rowe Big Talk Show was presented by me, Jess Rowe, Executive Producer Nick McClure, Audio Producer Nikki Sitch, supervising producer Sam Kavanagh. Until next time, remember to live life big. Life is just too crazy and glorious to waste time on the stuff that doesn't matter.
1: Listener